This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from the ballpark in Arlington, Texas, where the Indians are taking on the Texas Rangers this weekend in post-All-Star break play. Of course, the big news, just as the All-Star break was coming to a close, the Indians acquiring two outstanding relief pitchers, left-hander Brad Hand, the closer of the San Diego Padres, and one of the other Padres relievers, Adam Simber, and uh, certainly a boost to the Indians' pen heading into the second half, and the Indians relinquished Francisco Mejia, their top prospect, but he is now a San Diego Padre. Chris Antonetti, Indians president of baseball operations, announced the trade and then took questions from the media. Today we're excited to announce that we've acquired two pitchers from the San Diego Padres, left-handed reliever Brad Hand and right-handed reliever Adam Simber in exchange for Francisco Mejia. With this trade, we feel like we've added two key pieces to our bullpen that will not only impact us this year, but for years to come. Brad's established himself as one of the best left-handed relievers in the game uh, and has extensive experience pitching in leverage situations and closing games. So we think he'll be a great addition to the back end of our bullpen. And Adam Simber, it's a guy that's uh, really emerged this year as a low-slot right-handed reliever that's been especially effective against right-handed hitters and we think it'll be a good complement to the guys that we have in the bullpen and and should help us in the second half. How tough was it to part ways with uh, Francisco? Really, really tough to trade Francisco. It's a guy that we think has a chance to be a really good major league player, but in order to get back players like Brad Hand and Adam Simber, who have multiple years of control, we knew we were going to have to part with uh, considerable talent, and we did that in trading Francisco. Chris, it is hard to be the team receiving major league talent and be the team getting more years of control back, unless you're getting junk and you obviously don't feel like you're getting junk. How in the world did you pull off trading one guy you control for six years, for two you control for nine? Well, we traded a really good player in Francisco Mejia. And I think we were in a fortunate position organizationally where we had some depth catching, not only at the major league level, but in the minor leagues. And that afforded us the opportunity to look at a deal like this. And the Padres have been one of the most consistent teams with interest in Francisco, and that allowed us to, to put the deal together. What kind of, how does Simber project? Is he 
I know you mentioned right on yeah. right, but is he a guy that you think eventually will get both? He has pitched full innings. He's actually pitched, pitched multiple innings this year, but he's especially effective against right-handed hitters given a slot. If you envision a Brad Ziegler, Darren O'Day, that type of low slot reliever. Um, but we think he's got a chance to be not only effective against righties, but get lefties out as well. When the trade deadline was, uh, where, where in the process were these guys kind of, did you have your eyes on these guys you know, well before today, or is this something that just kind of popped up out of, out of nowhere? We've had longstanding interest in both guys, specifically with Brad. We tried to trade for him last year at the deadline and multiple times since, but were unable to align on the right value. And in Adam, we've had discussions with the Padres dating back to this spring training. So they've been guys that we've targeted for a while, and finally the pieces were able to come together and align on a deal. How has Hand done this? I think they got him on waivers at mm -hmm. one point, didn't they? Yes. I mean, obviously turned into an all-star. Yeah, he was a starter with the Marlin, in the Marlins organization for a while, and the Padres got him on waivers, put him in the bullpen, and allowed him to focus exclusively there. And he's developed one of the best sliders in baseball. And it's a... It's been devastating on left-handed hitters, but also effective in getting underneath the bats of righties. So he's settled in no home like uh, like a handful of other dominant late-inning relievers. They started their careers as starting pitchers, but found a home in the bullpen and really thrived in that role. And and Brad's done that over the course of the last few seasons. I don't know how much you can say here, but can you give us something on how Mejia being called up before the break played into anything here? Yeah, I don't think that really had much of an impact on it. Um, that was just... To where our team was and what needs we had at that moment, it wasn't anything related to the trade. Chris, will these guys be available as early as this weekend series with Texas, or what's the? We expect time? both guys to be in uniform for tomorrow's game in Texas. Yes. With the addition of Simmer in hand, how do you see kind of the guys that are already in place in the bullpen kind of fitting around these new additions? I think what we've tried to do is build a deep and versatile bullpen, and we think both of these guys will fit into that mix and give Tito couple of additional options to get outs late in the game. Exactly how we use them and what roles they'll settle into, we'll, we'll see that evolve over the course of the next few weeks and next few months. Obviously, now is the most immediate thing you're concerned about, but with Cody's situation and Miller's situation for next year, uncertain. Mm -hmm. To have a guy that gives you that cushion, the flexibility, whatever you want to phrase it, that's got to be a relief or a box checked for you guys. It had to be on the back of your mind. That was an important element for us. I think we've talked at different junctures in the past of taking a multi-year approach to team building, and we place a premium on acquiring guys that can not only impact one season, but uh, a handful of seasons. And as we looked at our roster, we know that there are a handful of players that are on expiring contracts, and a few of them in the bullpen. So one of the things that we've sought to do, dating back to spring training and extending through the deadline, and continue to be a focus for us, is guy acquire guys that could help us in the bullpen beyond this year. And both Brad and Adam should do that. Anything else, guys? Yep. Obviously, uh, still looking to upgrade the team any way you can. And is there is there anything working in that? Line? We continue to have active conversations with a lot of teams. And if there are opportunities to us for us to improve, we will continue to pursue those. The likelihood of those happening, it's hard to handicap at this point, but um, we'll continue to pursue it. Tito give you anything extravagant for a reaction okay. when you... Tito's happy. <laughs> so I think we, we've talked for a while about, again, as I said, one of our goals was to not only impact this year's team, but to put us at a better position 
moving forward as we construct our, our roster for the next few seasons. And this trade addresses a big need both in the short and, and long term for us. I think need's the right word. You felt like you had to do this, right? I mean, you got to. Uh, I think get a guy it like had to that. be the right value and the right yeah. players. Just getting getting guys that have years of control if right. they don't fit doesn't right. necessarily solve the equation. But in this case, these are two guys that we think can be real contributors to our bullpen for this year and for the future. As, as you look at this, Chris, you have three dominant bullpen arms. Is is there is it matchup related for for Tito? How? Is that kind of how you envision that as, as far as the way that'll, that'll It really depends upon the specific matchups, the teams we're facing, the specific hitters. But again, what we're trying to do is build a deep and versatile bullpen that can attack no matter who the hitter is, right-handed hitter, left-handed hitter, that we have weapons out there that we feel can be successful in those situations. And I think the thing we're starting to feel good about is that we have a group of players that are capable of pitching high leverage situations against some of the game's best hitters. Um, and, and we're trying to improve the number of options that we have to do that. Chris, this is sort of three years in a row now that you've kind of made a move around the deadline where you want to build for now, but also you know you do have to give up pieces for the future. Yeah. Has that been a what kind of challenge is it as you keep kind of one eye towards yeah. the future of the ball club, but also now with this quote unquote window that you guys have? How has that yeah. kind of challenge been for you? With it's a hard balance for us. We've traded a lot of good players. Uh, and good prospects, but ultimately we're trying to win a World Series. And I think what we've demonstrated over the last few seasons is when we're competitive and we have a team that we feel is capable of getting to the postseason and advancing, that we want to try to do our best to fortify that team and put us in the best position possible to do that. Now, it doesn't guarantee anything, but uh, we feel that that's, that's what our objective is, is to try to find a way to build a team capable of winning the World Series, and this trade was done with that in mind. Is that, is that kind of the message that you want the, the guys in the clubhouse to take away is, you know, we've, we're trying to give yeah. you everything we can do? Our so, guys know that. I mean, mm -hmm. all of us have talked from day one, and the goal is to first and foremost win the division to secure a spot in the postseason and then mm -hmm. to try to win the World Series. That's our goal and that's our objective and has been for the last few seasons. And we felt that this trade helps advance that goal. Is the craziest place you've ever done uh, a trade uh, there have been a lot of places where we've done some crazy <laughs> trades. Yesterday was an interesting day. So, uh, yeah, it was an eventful day and some phone calls and some unexpected places. Where were you? I was, like, I was zip lining with my younger daughter. So we were on the, uh, yeah, we had multiple, multiple trade conversations going not only with San Diego but with a few other teams. And that was a place she wanted to go around the All-Star break. It was the one day we were getting away. And so, yeah, I was on a 50-foot platform about the zip line. And, was on the phone talking to AJ. Like, can you unhinge me? I've got to go talk to this guy. I mean, well, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, at least I had a harness, so I, at least I wasn't in danger of falling off the platform. But it was uh, it was an eventful day yesterday. Does so. the phone ever ring when you were on the roof? Uh, I don't think it rang when I was actually on the roof. All right, good. So I may have gotten a few texts while I was uh, ziplining. That's perfect. Yeah. Thankfully, my daughter was patient while I was on the phone. So <laughs> I'm thankful for that. All right, guys, thank right, you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. That's Tribe President of Baseball Operations, Chris Antonetti, talking about the big trade earlier this week. Brad Hand and Adam Simber acquired from the San Diego Padres to bolster the bullpen. Francisco Mejia heading the other way. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will hear from both of the new pitchers for the Indians. 
after this timeout. As Tribe Talk continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay, and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from the ballpark in Arlington, Texas, where the Indians and Rangers are playing this weekend in high heat. Game time temperatures over 100 for each of the games to be played here this weekend. The Indians, though, will have some extra help in the bullpen as they acquired left-hander Brad Hand from the Padres as well as Adam Simber from San Diego. And we had a chance to visit with Hand, the closer for San Diego, one of the better left-handed relievers in all of baseball the past two seasons. And we asked him about his first day with the Tribe on Friday. Um, you know, just trying to learn everybody's names. You know, I've met met so many people, and you know, try, try to get their names to stick in my head and uh, put faces to the names. So, um, you know, once once the game starts, it's all about you know winning that ball game. So, when when the lights are on, you got to win that and go out there and compete. So, um, do whatever I can to be prepared and be ready for tonight. Certainly, you're having a good year with San Diego, but your name had come up in in various trade reports. It. Do you follow some of the teams that that happens with, or are you just primarily focused on what you're doing at the time? Um, I'd say I follow some of the teams, or my wife sends me, you know, the link of whatever team pops up. But uh, you know, I feel like I didn't really see anything about the Indians until like the day of or the day of the media day of the All Star game or something. Something came up. So, um, but you never know what's happened behind the, behind the doors and who's talking to who. So. Uh, a lot of those rumors don't really mean much at, at, until something actually happens. So, um, you know, excited to be here and get going. So what was your reaction based on what you do know about the Indians after the trade went down? Excited. I mean, it's a good ball club here. Um, you know, they've been they've been good for the past two years. So looking forward to, you know, getting in here and doing whatever I can do to help. Um, you know, don't know what kind of situations I'm going to be pitching in, but, um, you know, I'm open to any situation I've never been you know I got to pitch a you know high leverage you know whatever Tito sees me as uh, you know way I can help the ball club I'm, I'm in for that. When you look at your career it took a dramatic jump when you reached San Diego and we're full-time bullpen. Uh, in your mind what were some of the, the factors that have allowed you to really take off going to the bullpen full-time and not necessarily starting anymore as you were with the Marlins? Yeah, Miami. I was back and forth, starting or leaving. Never really got comfortable. Even 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 when I was in the bullpen um, in Miami, I was never just a one inning guy. I'd always be a multiple inning, uh, you know, kind of long relief. So um, once I got to San Diego, kind of settled into just a one inning kind of guy. And I think that slider that I developed has you know been a good weapon for me. You mentioned the slider, and then people compare it to Andrew Miller's. You, you excited to, to see him get back here and, and maybe compare the two? Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 gonna be fun to be with him. I mean he's been you know one of the best relievers in baseball for um, you know years now, so um, it'll be fun to work work alongside him for sure. You come over here with a teammate, Adam Simber. Does that make it any easier? And what can we expect from him? 
yeah, for sure makes it easier. It's a face that you're comfortable with, uh, you know, a face that you've had down in your bullpen for the first, uh, you know, three and a half months of the, of the season. So um, he, he he's a very competitive guy, uh, you know, kind of made the team out of nowhere in spring training, just shows what, you know, kind of competitiveness and he had in himself to go out there and pitch well in spring training and make the team. Uh, you know, he's kind of a different kind of look, sidearm, um, you know, but throws hard from down there, and it's been real effective. Brad, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Yeah, man, you're welcome. That's New Indians reliever lefty Brad Hand, who was joined by Adam Simber in that deal with the San Diego Padres. And Simber met with the media from uh, Cleveland prior to the game on Friday night and talked about arriving with a new ball club. Was it surprising uh, to be traded right now? Definitely, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about Brad and some of the other relievers we got there going. Um, so, yeah, it was a little bit of a shock, but uh, I'm, I'm pumped to be here. Is there anything you did different? Uh, or what would you say propelled you to get to this point this year? Um, I think last spring they, they had me stay back and extended extended spring, and uh, they told me they wanted to get lefties a little better. And I think that once I I took the blow and took the ego check and said, okay, I'm going to get better, uh, I started focusing on a lot of other things in my life that uh, I wanted to be as opposed to a baseball player. I think um, a kind of reality check. It's like, what am I going to be after baseball? I uh, started praying a lot more, started playing on guitar a lot more, started just doing other things, working on relationships. And I think that once I took that step back and realized that baseball is not in my control, it's in God's control, I'm going to let it happen. Um, I think that that's really what helped me free up. And I did a little video, video work and looked at uh, Darren O'Day, a lot of Darren O'Day video, um, see how he attacks lefties and attacks righties and everybody. And I think it's just a combination of everything, just taking a step back from the game and also really just focusing on getting myself better. Um, and just, being free and attacking after that. How much does it help to, to have Brad come along in this trade with you? He's already immediately someone you're yeah. familiar with. And it's definitely a, a plus. When I heard that he was coming, it was a little bit of a, a fresh, a big breath of fresh air. I mean, it, it's nice to know somebody here. Um, obviously, I'm going to get to know all these guys. I'm looking forward to that. But I think on, on day one, it's nice to have somebody that's a veteran and a bullpen that you've been a part of and can take you under his wing. And, um, going through it with him. Anything to your number 90 and the number on your glove just stands out, just jumps out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was the number they gave me in spring training. Uh, they always give the big numbers to the guys that are probably going to be out first. <laughs> so I think that uh, making the team and they asked me what number I wanted and I was like, yeah, I'll take a minor league grinder number, I'll stick with 90. That's new Indians pitcher Adam Simber as he and Brad Hand sure to help that Indians bullpen. Stay tuned. We have a, a special second half of our show after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from the ballpark in Arlington, Texas, where the Indians and Rangers are playing this weekend. Next weekend, Cooperstown, New York, will be the place to be as Jim Tomey will be inducted into the Hall of Fame class of 2018, along with Chipper Jones, Vlad Guerrero, Trevor Hoffman, and others from the veterans portion of things. And as a tribute to that, we take you back to August the 2nd, 2014 in Heritage Park and Progressive Field, where it was the Jim Tomey statue unveiling. Speakers include Mike Hargrove, Charlie Manuel, and Jim Tomey himself. And let's go back and listen in as we begin with the master of ceremonies, the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon, and welcome to a very special day here at Progressive Field. 
It is fitting that we are here at Heritage Park. This is the place where we honor excellence for those that have worn the Indians' uniform. The brightest stars, the most memorable moments in our rich history are honored right here in Heritage Park. And today, we salute one of the very best. Today, we salute a man who for 11 seasons powered the Indians during a period when they were one of the most feared teams in all of Major League Baseball. A man who spent 11 years in a Cleveland Indians uniform. A man who ranks in the top 10 in 10 different offensive categories, including the Indians' all-time home run leader and the number one Indians on base on balls. Second in RBIs, third in on-base percentage and slugging percentage. He thrilled Tribe fans time and time again with his power and his late-game heroics. Please welcome five-time All-Star, number seven on baseball's all-time home run list, a member of the exclusive 600 home run club, Jim Tomey. Jim's journey to this moment in time is a story built on consistency, dependability, professionalism, power, and character. Before we unveil the statue, and before Jim says a few words, we will hear from a few of his colleagues. Joining us today to help celebrate this special day, we would first like to say hello to Jim's family. Please welcome Jim's partner in life and a lady who's always been behind him every step of the way, Andrea Tomey. And their pride and joys, Lila and Landon. Jim's father, Chuck. And it goes without saying, another person who was always behind Jim in this journey and who is smiling down today in the greatest seat of all in heaven is Jim's mom, Joyce. I know I speak for everyone here that's ever had a chance to get to know Jimmy. You can talk about the home runs. You can talk about the game winners. He'll be in Cooperstown's Hall of Fame in a few years. But this man is no different today than he was when he first came up with the Cleveland Indians. And that's a credit to Jim and a credit to his mom and dad. Now leading it off, my pleasure to introduce former Tribe Skipper, Indians Hall of Famer, and the man that guided the Indians to two World Series, Mike Hargrove. Well, I, you know, it's nice to be here uh, to take part in this, Jimmy, uh, to see your family. Um, I'm going to be short because I was asked to be short. But for all those of you that say, how did Jimmy get big, look at his brothers and his dad, and he, you never would have thought you'd see Jim Tomey and you'd think of him as a midget, but, but it's there. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an old saying in baseball that good players make uh, managers and general managers and hitting coaches real smart. Uh, obviously, uh, Jimmy has done his part, and we all talk about statistics and all the home runs and all the World Series and the, and the All-Star games uh, that, that, uh, that he's been a part of and the accomplishments he's had in his life. I think too often we in baseball don't talk about who the person is inside. 
with Jimmy, everybody asks, they always ask me about Jimmy and, and, and say, what kind of guy is Jimmy? You know, just like they ask what kind of guy is Kenny Lofton or Carlos Baerga or John Hart. I lie when, it, when, when it's about John, but the rest of them I tell the truth. <laughs> and I always say, you know, I always say with Jimmy, Jimmy is, you know, what you see is what you get. There's no difference in Jimmy away from the ballpark as it, it, there was at the ballpark. As a manager, I always ask my players to give me 100% of whatever effort they had that day. And at times you'd have a, you know, you'd a late dinner come to the ballpark, you'd have a fight with your wife or your kids were, uh, you know, a pain that day, and, and you might have only 80%. And I ask my players to always at least give that 100% of that 80 that you got that night. I only had to tell that to Jimmy one time when he was a young kid. Um, I never worried about Jim. I never worried what kind of effort I was going to get. I never had to look and make sure he was in the right place at the right time. Jimmy was the kind of guy that made my job real easy. So for all those people that, that have said for a long, long time uh, that good players make smart managers and general managers and coaches, you know, Jimmy, I don't want to thank you on behalf of anybody or anything. I want to thank you personally um, for being my friend, for playing for me, and making me and John and Charlie real, real smart. <laughs> Thank you, Grover. Next, this gentleman spent many hours with Jimmy in the batting cage, hitting him fungos, whether it was in the minor leagues or in the major leagues, and then also became Jimmy's manager, Charlie Manuel. To me, it's a special day here, and I look out, and uh, when I think about a statue, uh, I can't think of anybody I would want better than Jimmy he told me to have a statue himself. I think it's a great honor. I think about, uh, I remember the first time I met him and all the times that we had, we've had a lot of laughs. And uh, believe me, I, I, I probably remember most all of his home runs. I got to see his last, his probably from his 600 on through on television. I made it a point to make sure that I didn't have nothing to do when they were playing. And uh, he's, been, uh, he's like my son in a way. I know Chuck's his dad, but uh, before I uh, get choked up and everything, I like to say, I like to tell a story about Jimmy in Chicago. You know, like we're playing in Chicago one night and uh, a guy named Hernandez is pitching and he had good stuff and he threw hard and he knocks Jimmy down. He threw a ball right at Jimmy's head and big Jimmy goes down. And Chuck, his dad's in the, up, up, up in the stands, and he comes running down there and screaming at Jimmy, you know, like Jimmy's up the plate hitting, and he starts screaming. He says a few words that I ain't going to say, but at the same time, he's hollering, get him, Jimmy, get him. And, <laughs> and Jimmy proceedingly hit a ball, I'd say 450 feet to right field, <laughs> trotted around the bases. And Chuck, when he, when he, when he got to the dugout, I told Jim about it, and Chuck's up there saying, that's the way to hit the ball, Jimmy. I know, and I, that's one of the, if you were to say anything, it was outstanding. But when I think of Jimmy, I think of everything those guys just said about him. Uh, you can't say enough about him. He's, uh, he's one of the honest, most honest persons I ever met. He, and when you tell him something, you better tell the truth because he'll kind of correct you on it. 
And I can hear him right now saying, he would tell me like, hey, Chuck, yes, you did say that. I would say, I would, somebody would, I would say something and they'd go, you, I, I didn't say that. Oh, yeah, Chuck, you did. Yeah, 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 you said that. But anyway, I'll tell you something. Today, I can't think of a more special day for myself. And like Grover said, when, uh, Cleveland got better when Jimmy Tolman came to town. And he got, John Hart got better. Grover got better. And I've been, I've been riding Tommy for a long time. <laughs> One more story before I sit down. We had a, we had a, we had a first baseman named George Canale playing for me in, in uh, AAA with Charlotte. And Jimmy was my third baseman. And the first week of the season, George Canale hits eight home runs. Okay? So I got a pitching coach named Dyer Miller. And he told me, he said, hey, Chuck, if I was you, I'd get over there. And he said, I'd ride Canale. I said, no, you see that big old guy over on third base? I'm all over his shoulders. <laughs> and I'll tell you something, Jimmy, uh, another thing, too, Jimmy, I remember him walking up, and more than once, he'd walk up and say, hey, Chuck, how many home runs do you think I can hit? And I'd look at him, I'd go, I don't know, Jimmy, tell me how many you want to hit. And, and he'd say, I don't know. He said, you tell me. I said, oh, you could hit 500. And I, he, he'll tell you, I, I remember telling him that. Now, whether I was going to be right or not, I didn't know that. But I didn't know that he was going to hit 612. <laughs> so, you know, so I'm not taking, I'll, I, I never will take credit for any of them, but I will take credit for getting to watch a lot of them. <laughs> and today is a special day, and I'm sure it's a special day for the Tommy family. And believe me, this is, this, this is a good time for me, and I enjoy being here in Cleveland again. Thank you. Great memories there from former Indians manager Mike Hargrove. Managers, we should say, is Charlie Manuel there, too. And coming up next, we'll hear from the soon-to-be Hall of Famer himself, Jim Tomey. That's next on Tribe Talk right here on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic, is it really all about power? Makes me think of Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy. Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12, 15, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We get you, Chuck. In a word, oranges. Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. We conclude this week's show with part two of our look back at August the 2nd, 2014. Jim Tomey with a statue unveiling at Progressive Field, and this in honor of uh, Jim's induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown next weekend. And uh, once again, here's Tom Hamilton introducing the Hall of Famer-to-be. As we inch closer to our unveiling ceremony, we are reminded that Jimmy joined this organization, 18-year-old, in 1989, he was a 13th round draft pick out of Illinois Central College. And don't forget, Jimmy also played college basketball at that time. Now through tireless hard work and dedication, Jimmy became one of baseball's elite power hitters. One of only eight players to have ever hit 600 major leagues. He sits along the names of Hank Aaron, Ken Griffey Jr., Willie Mays, and Babe Ruth. Jim, this statue will forever serve to remind Indians fans of your on-the-field accomplishments and of your importance to the Indians franchise, both professionally and personally. Jimmy, it's time to unveil this wonderful piece of artwork created by Cleveland's very own David Deming. David, please stand to be recognized. Where's David? 
Are you ready, Jimmy? Stage is yours. Ready for the unveiling. It feels so good to be home again, in this ballpark where it all began. I'm so grateful to so many individuals within the Cleveland Indians organization. Mark Shapiro, John Hart, Chris Antonetti, Curtis Danberg, and the list goes on and on. This is a night my family will never forget. We are so thankful that you made this happen. I'm a little uncomfortable seeing myself in bronze. <laughs> it's an emotional feeling, but I have to commend the sculptor David Deming, excuse me, David Deming. You are a true artist, and what you've done is absolutely amazing. The time that we got to spend together to do this, to go over this, was truly so special to me, I don't think words can describe. So thank you, David. Appreciate it. <laughs> seeing, the, seeing the statue in person reminds me so much of the mid-90s teams that I played on. I look at the statue, and I, I think it reflects a lot of our 90s teams. There's so many guys worthy of having this as well. You know, I, I have a few teammates here today. I'd like to thank Mark Clark, Richie Sexton, Sandy. You were always my first roomie. I appreciate everything you did. We almost fought in that tunnel in Seattle, but we made up. And you know what? We got to be close. And I, I will forever, you, you are very special to me. Thank you. Carlos Baerga, your energy was absolutely incredible. You kept us going. So fun. Travis Hafner here today. Thanks for coming. It was great to play with you my final year here. I always had a lot of respect for you. And my manager, Mike Hargrove. I appreciate you writing, me, writing my name in the lineup when things always didn't go well. And I appreciate it so much, more than you ever know. I want to thank my family. Mom and Dad, I can still see where they sat under that underhang and cheered every day like they were part of all these great fans and they shared so many great memories with all you guys. I, I, I'm very grateful and thankful that I was able to meet my wife Andrea here in Cleveland. I'm so blessed to have her in my life. She's been the world to me and we have these two beautiful kids to show her for it. So I, words can't describe what you mean to me guys. Thank you. And my brothers and sisters, you know, I appreciate you guys making the trip in with your families. It means so much that, uh, that you've stuck by me and, and rooted me on through all them years. Charlie Manuel, I kind of feel like you should be in bronze here with me. You did help teach me that stance after all. But more importantly, I think you taught me so much more about the game, and that's how to conduct yourself, to be a tough player, even when you were a little hurt to run yourself out there because you never know what could happen. And I so appreciate that so much. I'm forever grateful. 
Finally, most importantly, I want to thank the fans. It gives me goosebumps to think back of that night in 1995, September 8th, when I caught that foul ball, and it started everything from there on. You guys always had everything in the ballpark, like the, the, the frenzy that you had every night was incredible. Thank you so much. You fans deserve a championship. These players, this organization, this co these coaches, Tito, these guys work hard every day to try to bring a championship here to Cleveland. And on that cold October night, when you guys finally get it, you can bet I'm going to be celebrating right with you. So thank you. There's one more small order of business I want to take care of while I'm here. I haven't officially retired yet. I always had hope that I could do it as a Cleveland Indian. This afternoon, I signed an honorary one-day contract so that, I could, so, that I could, so that I could make a dream come true. I'm humbled and grateful to announce after 25-year career, I am officially retiring tonight as a member of the Cleveland Indians. Thank you. So there it is, a look back, August the 2nd, 2014, a statue unveiling in Cleveland, and now he will be enshrined in Cooperstown next weekend. Jim Tomey, one of the great power hitters in Cleveland Indians history. That'll do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. We'll join you next week from Detroit, where the Indians will be taking on the Tigers. Until then, thanks to Brian Matze for putting together this week's show. This is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it 
in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 